Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to episode seven of the Probably Honest podcast with your hosts, Mark, and myself, Dan. Mm. Greetings. Greetings. Greetings, listeners. Greetings to the general public. This is getting, the, the microphone setup's getting even more like, can't see you as well. It's not just <laughs> like I'm sat with you now. It's becoming more professional. Yeah, actually, you can get um, a lot less things and stuff. Yeah. uh, Stands and... A mixing desk in between us. A mixing desk. Maybe we could could hire, you know, like Joe Rogan has a guy in the corner who just like, who just researches his stuff. Yeah. Just like, can we get that up? Pull that up. Pull that up right now. Pull that fucking shit right up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Be like, did Mark actually do that thing back in 1919? Pull that shit right up. Push. (laughs) That'd be like negative. Yeah. Marks. No, he did because the internet said so. It must be true. Yeah. True. True. Got really uncomfortable jeans on. They look good though. Thanks. For the benefit of people listening. They do, they're good looking jeans. Good colour. Pinstriped, are they? No. Oh, that's just a... My socks. Nice. But yeah, they are. They're not good for cycling in. No. Anyway, that's not... It's not beneficial. By the way, if you're listening for the first time, uh, episode seven is quite a, an interesting number to join in on. But hey, um, we don't just talk about my jeans, mm. and Mark doesn't just pad pad. Mm. Um, or does he? We don't know. Yeah, it's just called the pad session. Paddington Bear. <laughs> it's terrible. That was that was bad. Yeah. Um, but I liked it. This is why I don't pad. <laughs> pad tie. <laughs> you liked that one, didn't you? Yeah. You liked that one? 
Paddington Bear was a no-go, but Pad Thai, right up your street, you fucking hippie. Oh, <laughs> I'm just cultured. <laughs> so the purpose of this podcast is that Mark and I feel like we have a somewhat decent grasp of having ha- been through a variety of lovely and positive experiences in our life that have led to us being on a nice journey to self-care and love. And we want to share bits and bobs of that journey and hoping that people might connect with it as well as hopefully getting guests like we would have just had a guest on and that you were that we had a great time <laughs> hypothetically <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to make sh- clear of that we're recording this bef- before we've had the guest but after for, for after the guest oh, you've destroyed the magic of the the chronology in which we were going to release these episodes in the facade I really enjoy not giving anything like giving giving everything away <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So the if like the name of the podcast suggests, we're just honestly sharing about things that have happened to us, or things that we believe we've had to work on for whatever reason, or or, or different character traits. I would say, like um, the subtle one of being addict, and um, and our journey into recovering from various addictions, but also you know. We've had, well, I myself have had different periods of time of suffering from depression, intense, you know, anxiety, which I think is a common thing of living in the Western world, but we're not going there. Um, Paranoia, insecurities, blah, 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 blah. And then all the uh, lovely addictions that go along with various. Where am I going with this? I don't know. I don't suffer from any of that, so I don't know why I'm on here. You're you're fine. I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> that's that's the big twist to episode seven. Yeah. <laughs> All along, I've just been fine. <laughs> you come across pretty fine. I know I do. Yeah, yeah. Lydia tells me I'm. I think I'm. I I claim that I'm nuts, and she's like, "You think you're nuts, but you're actually pretty normal." Yeah, I think sometimes it's a it's a. Uh, cop out's the wrong word, but I think I I use it sometimes where I'm like, yeah, I'm crazy, and people are like, no, nah, you're not that crazy. Hmm. I'm my my sponsor, my first sponsor used to say, I'm well enough to know I'm unwell, which I always thought was a very good description of my level of crazy. I'm crazy, but I do I'm aware that I'm crazy. Yeah. So I'm 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 well enough to know that I'm crazy. But then also, there would have been a period of time when you wouldn't have known. Or have you always... We, I think I always suspected I was crazy. Or no, I, 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 mean, I always knew my I mean, behaviour was bad. I mean, when you were unwell. Yeah. Really unwell. Yeah. You know. In the, in the height of addiction. Going and abandoning mates and smoking crack with homeless people. Mm. Would you, did you know that you were unwell then? I, I knew it was odd behaviour, yeah. Hmm. But I, I think I was still in denial about how bad it was. Yeah. I think I, I think I used to skate by on pretending to be very self-aware when in fact my, my level of denial was quite extreme. Yeah. 
Mm. But now, just just one hundred percent wall to wall self awareness. <laughs> <laughs> what are we discussing today? Dan? Yeah, yeah. So today we um, I wanted to talk about um, the well, as sober people, as young sober people who seemingly, for people that don't know us, have quite active socialising, going out, being involved in the world around us lives. Mm. But um, quite a lot of people who I know have sobered up or etc. have have had issues regarding certain things in the past, refer to, prefer to just kind of live more of a more hermit existence hermit that's strong <laughs> peaceful within their own company and family life mm. I'm like how about I throw a rave in there and some coffee yeah and leave when I get bored yeah whereas that so yeah so and I know that you're very sociable I know you don't really go raving Mm, no, nah, not so much anymore. No, um, but I never really went raving when I was when I was fucked. So, well, there you go. It's not really part of the yeah part of the the life of Mark. Yeah, but I am very very social. I'm, act, I'm very socially active in terms of yeah, as, you as we like both are. We pubs got, and bars and got to pubs and bars a lot. Got nights out. Yeah, got out lots of people. Do lots of stuff that. In, during which I'm surrounded by alcohol, sometimes drugs. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's weird. Actually, uh, just bef- just whilst you say the surrounded by sometimes people doing drugs, I very rarely actually see the drugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the early early days, because I was like still at uni a bit and I was trying to get clean. Mm. In the early days, I saw people taking drugs still. Yeah, and I was like, this is difficult. Got to get out of here. Mm. Um. And I guess at festivals you see people taking drugs, but even then people are quite discreet about it. It's not like they're hiding it from me. Yeah, but people, yeah. When you're younger, people, you when you're like a teenager or whatever, and you're taking drugs, you might as well just wave it in people's faces. Yeah. But nowadays people are just kind of like. Yeah, I was actually at a party on Saturday night where um, lots of lots of drug taking was taking place, but it was taking place in it was in a, it was in a flat and it was but it was taking place in the kind of the the ante rooms of the flat in kind of the bedroom the main my my friend's bedroom and then another bedroom and people were going there to take drugs so i didn't i saw people with baggies but i didn't see people actually physically taking the drugs cuz i think people get quite self-conscious about it you know yeah i used to get i used to want to find a i would very rarely just be doing drugs randomly in front of people that wasn't really my thing oh i was definitely really yeah, if I, well, towards the, like, towards the, like, just not giving a, not giving a fuck mm. and, like, going to house parties. I remember I'd have, like, my, uh, like, shirt pocket. Yeah. I'd have just, like, a bag of something. Yeah. Usually K. And I'd just literally be, like, baggy open in my pocket and just scooping out of the yeah, pocket yeah. straight. And, like, I'd be chatting to someone, they'll be having a fag and I'd just be like, Scooping out then. And yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I, I don't know. It's been disconcerting for the people you're speaking to. I don't know. Yeah. We'll never know. It's just me. Yeah. They, they just knew that as, I don't know if 
you're worried about me or not. No, the thing is, like when I said I got clean, everyone was like, "Oh, you don't have that much of a problem." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you never know. They might have been right, but I was doing a lot of drugs on my own. Yeah. Which tends to be something that people don't really do. Like I'd have my own ritual as well. And that's also something that is more like an addict rather than someone who just fancies doing a bit of drugs and playing video games. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, I'd have like a... This is something I learned it's my first in, when I was first doing step one. It's like a ritualistic thing that yeah, addicts yeah, have. Yeah. Their, their, their space, their whatever, their, their thing they use with or whatever. Anyway, that's just a just a. I've gone on a tangent, and we're kind of going off into little things. But yeah, so the purpose of this episode really is I want to us to kind of. I don't know whether we talk about where we've come from, socialising to now, but I like feel like it's it's you know dramatic differences in in. <laughs> Because I used to, uh, yeah, my experience of going out uh, in the past, again, if you're listening for the first time, um, <laughs> raging drug addict, now clean for four and for over four years. Congratulations. And I'm in the process of finishing my 12th step, the 12th step program, mm. which is pretty exciting. Um, my background is like raving. Uh, and not before, I started taking drugs before I started raving. But I was into like dance music from a young age anyway, so it was inevitable that I was going to go. But my experience was um, I started taking drugs. Then I got even more into dance music, but never knew how to dance. So it was just listening to like drum and bass and smashing drugs, but not knowing what dancing was. And it was just like doing that. But I was out socialising all the time. So I'd be like, it was very much like if I don't have drugs, I can't be the confident person that I want to be. Yeah. And I would be like very shy and quiet and like impatient because I wanted to get high. Mm-hmm. And then bit by bit, I started going raving. And then it, and I, I went to raves just to be accepted. It used to be, I went there so I could be, it could be okay to be doing copious amounts of drugs mm-hmm. and combining drugs. And we'd have a group of mates, well, call them mates back then. Where the thing was, you'd like bump into each other in the night, and I'd be like, "How's your night going?" And be like, "Yeah, I've taken this and I've taken that, and I've just had a bit of this." And it was like, "How much could you take in one go?" Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas alert now, you either end up in a mess or none of them. They kind of cancel each other out. Doesn't anyway. It doesn't really matter. Mm. Eventually, I did start dancing, mm. and then the drugs became a whole different thing. It stopped being. It stops being, let's take loads and loads and loads. And it was more like, what can get me going until the early hours? And then you'd have the after parties. And it'd be like these just weekend long ventures of like, yeah, just not really eating, dancing. And that, people do that, you know, I'm surrounded by people that are doing that still today. Uh, And I'm still always curious if I just got on board of like, the being a sash head and been more of like, oh, let's just party and take, you know, I'll never know, but I know that I had a problem at the time and I am still sticking to my guns on my life is significantly better without taking drugs. But, um, but 
yeah, so that is my experience of going out is like I had to be drunk if I wanted to chat to people. If I wanted to chat up women, I had to be drunk. If I wanted to be confident and make jokes and have banter with my friends, um, I had to be on drugs uh, or, or drugs or drunk. And um, if I wanted to be awake all night long and enjoy music, I had to be on the perfect amount of drugs so that I wasn't going too far. Never really did that well. Mm. Um, in fact, people were often getting me in taxis and carrying me or like getting I was getting kicked out. Like the dream of being a raver compared to how I actually was yeah, yeah, yeah. were two different things. Yeah. Like I would very rarely make it all the way through the night and that'd only be if I potentially was on like MDMA. Mm. If but I often never really I wasn't on it that much. I was on like things that were making me an angry unstable human human being. Mm. I remember one night I went with my friend to see a DJ I really wanted to see. I was like in love with this DJ's music. So I wanted to go see him. And I'd taken quite a bit of ketamine and uh, got there and was pissed as well. I'd been drinking. So I was back when I was at uni and I was DJing a lot. So I'd been drinking the night before. Hadn't really slept. Been on things. Then stay, Then went from there to DJ. We had a rider. So if 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 people don't know what that is, it's like you get given a gift of something when you're you're DJing. So it was beer, but it was supposed to be we had like two crate a crate or something, mm. something like that. Uh, split between four of us, and I drank pretty much all of them. And everyone was like, "What the hell?" And I'm like, "Way!" And then um, went off to this other thing with my mate. By this point, I was just completely I don't know if this is the same night they all seem to merge into one but um the the all I remember is the next day my friend I w- was in my house and blah 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 my friend told me that um I had passed out outside of the venue mm. but there was the smoking area was the street mm. so the uh, so I just lay down on the floor and it was cold so people built this uh, little bed for me out of bags and coats and they just hid me there. So that's the kind of person I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where Always spoiling the party with the pre-party. Yeah. 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 Yeah, same. People just yeah. get annoyed with me. Yeah, could never could never make it to the actual party because I was so keen to get there that I would fuck myself up before I got there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Festivals seem to be a bit of a weird exception where... As I got older, they started to. At first, I was terrible. I would, I would barely leave my campsite because I'd just be just wanting to keep taking loads and loads of drugs, mm. um, and I'd always lose something. Like I'd get so excited on the Thursday, go out into the festival, lose something, lose my mind, and then the rest of the weekend would be kind of trying to piece things together, or I'd be unwell because I would have given myself alcohol poisoning, you know. But as I got older, that kind of mellowed out and I started to like kind of be all right at festivals and just take it easy because I just wanted to enjoy the music. But um, the, it was, yeah, so, so uh, it started to become an inconvenience that I, my drug taking and alcoholism were just getting in the way of me enjoying myself because I'd go too far. Um, and... Uh, but the whole reason, it, it, most of the time, it was so that I could talk to people and that I could feel confident enough to dance and that I could stay awake all night, really. 
the afters were always fun because you just end up being gremlins of people and nothing mm. really makes sense but um it's not really worth it now and i don't miss the after parties um so um maybe before i go into where i'm at now i'd like to hear your kind of experience of socializing in the past before you got clean mm. yeah it's, it's interesting because um i would say that uh, my experience of socializing prior to that was quite different because i i've n- i think i've said to you before i never really had a problem with uh talking to people i've never been i've never been a particularly shy person i was always quite outgoing so when i was in um groups of people i would always be one of the loudest people i would be kind of like in the mix, in the centre of it. Oh yeah, the same as me. Mm. But I think uh, the the reason why, like when I socialised, it's interesting because like, I can only really think back to when I started going out when I was 16, 17, maybe. And, and I don't really think alcohol presented that much of a problem for me, but I always wanted the next thing. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't. I always wanted the next thing, and I remember when I first took drugs, I felt like I'd found the thing. And when I first took ecstasy, I felt like I'd found the thing that made me feel okay in myself. Yeah. Um, so I guess I always had that sense of uh, unease and discomfort. And in fact, unease and discomfort isn't extreme enough to describe how I felt, and can sometimes still feel when I'm in the company of people. When I'm in the company of lots of people. I can very quickly feel this real sense of disconnection and um, insignificance, or and, and you know that we could probably we could probably sit here for a, you know seven other episodes trying to work out exactly why I feel that sense of insignificance. But ultimately, I just I feel I can very quickly feel less than other people when I'm in groups of people, and I think that is just sadly that's a way that my mind is wired. But that's not unique to you. No, I feel that. Mm. I feel that too. Um, yeah, really strongly. But I, but I think so. Um, my my motivation to to drink and use drugs wasn't necessarily to become more outgoing or to become more uh, to talk to people or to dance and stuff like that. I could do all that stuff. Okay. It was more to make myself feel okay internally while I was doing that stuff. I muted that. Mm. So mute that kind of insecurity that yeah 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 to make me feel like i belonged and i think that's what i got from drinking using drugs i got an identity and i felt like i belonged and it it eradicated this kind of uh this this mindset i had that i just felt inferior to other people and i think a lot of that i've I've talked a bit before on these episodes about my eating disorder and how that was very all-consuming for me and I think my, my drug abuse came in um, where my eating disorder was initially kind of in full force and the, and it removed that obsessiveness. And that was, you know, that's like when you've got an, an insane obsession, you don't know you have it and then you have it removed by something. That's such a relief. So I, so I think that was the primary reason why that's what I wanted from drugs. I wanted an ease of body and mind that I didn't have normally, um, even though I could fake it. I, did, I just, I needed, that's what I wanted from it. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, I completely uh, connect with that. And um, you're very good at, um, you're very good at explaining the reason why you took drugs uh, 
in su- in such a way that really like makes sense and hits the nail on the head for me. Like I I, I um like the the thing was what is the thing that's going to sort me out? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'd have a beer and I'd be like, okay, that that warmed me up. And then there's the next yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, well I'm I'm drunk now, but I'm I'd, uh, you know I'm. It's getting a bit boring, just like depending on this. Like, yeah, where's yeah, the, yeah. what's the next thing? So often mm-hmm. it'd be like I try and find something, you know, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. well, the end, the night is coming to an end now, right? I need something that's going to mellow me down. There's like, yeah. there's never just, and this is what I get so pissed off at and envious of people that aren't addicts, <laughs> is when they can just have a little bit of something, get on the level that is working with them. Yeah. It's like okay. This thing that I've consumed, yeah. not much of, has now taken effect, and I feel a bit good and loose, and that is all I need now for maybe yeah. another three or four, five hours, yeah, or just for the rest of the night type thing. And for me, it was never that situation. Yeah, it was just like what? It's just more, more. Yeah. Give, give me more until, until. I've either run out or I know more people where they might have more. Yeah. And then I'll go hang out with them. Yeah. I was always looking for the people that um, justified my using. Yeah. <laughs> this this is why I think there's a biological element to there's like I think there's we don't emphasize it enough in recovery. I think there's a biological element to addiction, particularly with substance abuse. And I think it has to do with the sensitivity of system of like your your physical system and my physical system and people who become addicts. Because when 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 I was taking drugs, and I I, I can probably guarantee that you were the same, and everyone else who's in recovery, drug taking becomes a matter of life and death. Yeah, and it's like the the thought of stopping using feels like a death, and I feel like that, and your body only reacts to that stuff when it genuinely feels like there's some kind of death about to occur, or some some like something terrible is about to happen, and that's when you get that reaction where you literally cannot stop. So it's almost like a rational reaction to what you're doing. Mm. Um, and, I, and I've always wondered why you know, those people you're talking about can take something and it perhaps adjusts their system to the point where they're like, oh, this feels good. I'm just going to stay at this level now. And they don't have that fear of the feeling leaving them. Because yeah. a lot of my using was a, a pre- like trying to preemptively stave off the, the moment where I would have to stop using because I knew that it would be devastating. Yeah. And that like that's why I think it's biological. That's why I think there there is some kind of biological element to our physiology that makes us predisposed to be addicts, I think. I I think. And I think everyone has it to certain degrees, but I think we have it in extreme. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> that Absolutely. That absolute bro science I just laid down at you. Bro science. <laughs> that's what this show is. It's just bro science. Bros. Fucking bro science. Forget the women guests, the guests that we want to get on. That have been on. And that have been on and yeah. will be more. Yeah. <laughs> um, this isn't a one-gendered show, people. Certainly not, no. Absolutely not. We're gender diverse here. They're probably on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, which would be really good. Actually, it'd be really good to get um, LGBTQI plus people. We're going on a tangent. Tell me about tell, tell me about physiology sensitivity. Yeah, I uh, I just don't get it. But it's got to be 
Like, I don't understand how someone cannot... If something... If something... As soon as... I said this, I think, in one of the last episodes. As soon as, like, I'm consuming something that my brain is like, I like this. Yeah. I I want that... You know what I said about coffee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that sip to last forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's the same with alcohol. But the problem with alcohol is... If I drink loads of coffee in one go, yeah, it's quite quickly turns around to me feeling really angry, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, the the it's backfired, yeah. So I just kind of like know that I don't really need to do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with alcohol, it takes a little while to hit you, yeah. So I will just keep going, yeah, and keep going, and then I'll be pissed, but I'll be like, ah, well, I'm really enjoying. I want that sip to last forever still yeah so then by the time i'm almost to a point where i'm like this is this is almost enough mm. i'm 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 like havoc yeah yeah. like yeah. i can't it's, it's probably because i'm so drunk that i i just can't i can't remember if i need to drink yeah 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 um the my it's yeah so it's got to be a physiological I don't know if it's... I don't understand that... I've never understood people saying that it's a... um, That it's uh, an allergic reaction. Yeah. I I kind of like the fact that it is like... That is something that people consider to be something that happens. Yeah. But I just don't connect the dots of it being an allergic reaction. Neither do I. I've never... That's never resonated with me that much. Because I I consider an allergic reaction as like a... My face swells ne- up. Yeah, negative reaction to something. Whereas, if anything, it's like it's an overwhelmingly positive reaction. Yeah, so body's want, like, give me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More and more and more. Um, um, but I, but I understand why people use that as an, as an example. Yeah, an allergy of the mind. Yeah, um, which is quite nice. Mm. But yeah, so so it's got to be. But I, I, it's different degrees of everything. It's just like yeah, there's yeah, yeah. different. There's I, there's got to be a spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I think everything's on a spectrum. It's got to be like, just like uh, autism is a spectrum. It's got to be like addict, addiction is a spectrum. Like I never took heroin and crack. Yeah. But I knew that if I did, it would be game over. Yeah. Um, But, but, um, but for some reason there was something that like terrified me of doing that. Whereas there are other people that would be like, I don't give a fuck. Get that at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, yeah. Yeah. there was something that I've always still felt like I had hope over. Yeah. Um, but, so there's like, I'm, I still don't, I still feel like I'm an definitive, like absolutely an addict. Like when something goes in my body that I, that, but I don't know why it's certain things more than others. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that just comes down to your unique physiology and mental makeup as to why certain things push your buttons because cocaine pushed my buttons more than cat did yeah and i think you know that's like but it's not like i wouldn't use cat to extreme extremities if i had it yeah but i would if if you gave me a choice if i had to have a preference if you gave me a smorgasbord of drugs (laughs) i would i would choose cocaine yeah and and i you know i think that's to do with control i didn't like feeling out of control yeah, didn't particularly like the feeling of being very drunk. So I liked taking cocaine because it meant it would balance out my drunkenness, and then I could just continue to drink ad infinitum. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mad, isn't it? The, the, we all find our little um, ways of being that... Um, I don't know why I never did cocaine that much. I did, but like not much. I think it was like in my head it was always too expensive, even though it's not yeah. that much more expensive than buying, mm. you know, MDMA or something. Anyway, back to the, the main topic of, mm. of of the of the episode. Yeah. Um, so we we fast forward to Dan. He's newly clean, and trying to find his way in the world of socializing. As in, like fresh. Like what was what was your perception when you got clean? Did you think you would be able to socialize without No. So how did you get into it? I was like a head I was a head case <laughs> for the first year. Yeah. In that relationship we spoke about. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh didn't know what was going on. Um so I I got I got clean in Bath at the end of uni and moved home to be with my parents mm. and they became like a treatment centre. Yeah. In a, in a way, and um, and I shout out to mum and dad. Shout out to mum and dad who just out, heard me talk about mum and dad. Yeah, who just heard me talking about taking cocaine and cat. So shout out to mum and dad. Shout Used to take cocaine and cat. Yeah, just remember that. You're, you're welcome, parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Um, <laughs> uh, and I kind of completely. Like, I just, st- I had a whole new social group. Like, I kind of stopped hanging out with the people I was hanging out with. Yeah. Anyone that was anything to do with me partying, um, I, I kind of had to have a break from or change who I was talking to and whatever. So I kind of had a period of time where um, my social life was uh, my girlfriend at the time, mm. family, um and recovery friends I started I was going to meetings every day yeah, yeah, so I didn't need straight away it didn't matter if I had friends or not because I was just going yeah. to meetings yeah and then I'd come back and chill like yeah. I was so shocked and really not sure what's going mm. on um but I made friends pretty quick uh and um being so scary you're just like okay I'm doing 90 meetings every day, you know, every a meeting every day for 90 days. Okay. I don't know anyone. Mm. That's what I got to do. And yeah. it's like, that's the amazing thing about meetings is people come up and talk to you. You kind of can't, yeah. 
you can't escape. But I've got to go. I've got a thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you'll see them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, "Hi." Yeah. And eventually, you're going to be like, "All right, fine." Do you, were you doing that thing where you like when you first start going, you arrive dead on time and then leave dead on the finish? I've always been an early. I always get there early. Do you? I because I, when I first started going, I was like, I would arrive even if I arrived early. I would walk somewhere else and then I would go in at bang on the dots. Right. Until I started doing service, and then obviously I would turn up a bit earlier. I I've never actually been that great at turning up early, or have I? Some some meetings I go to early. You turn up into your the meeting that we both do service at. Yeah, do service at. Um, into that. But yeah, when I was when I was early, I was like, if anything, I didn't really want to make friends early on. If that makes sense, mm. it sounds weird. I wanted I wanted it to be. In fact, in my head, it was it was going to be a separate thing to the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to have one. Yeah, I wanted to, ha- and and that did actually work. To be honest with you, for the first couple of months, that did work to have it as. I mean, I I occasionally met up with my sponsor, but he was the only person I met up with outside of recovery for the for at least the first two three months. I would occasionally go for food after the Tuesday night, Tuesday night meeting hmm. in Bristol, but that would that would be the the extent of my socialising. How did you find that? going for food uh when you're uh... I actually loved it it was really yeah. great yeah it was really really great um because it felt like an extension of the meeting and i and i was yeah. you know, i was going through shit as well so it was like it was good to talk to people and get suggestions for what shit i was going through at the time mm. um and it helped me make friends with people and then i i grew to kind of trust people a bit more and yeah but yeah it's interesting so that like wow i'm having so many flashbacks of my early days yeah the, yeah, the turning point, like you saying about going for that meal, the turning point for me, because in London, there's so many meetings. Yeah. Like it's mad that here, there's like a day that there isn't a meeting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That in London, it's like, you can go to meetings all day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you can do a tour of London. by. So cool. It's crazy. Like I, I, I would, you know... Oh, I don't know. I'd go and see. I'd go go to Bath, mm. come back. I'd get off the train at like five p.m. and be like, uh, you know, get off, go to Paddington or something. Be like, yeah. Oxford Circus. There's a meeting on in Oxford Circus. I'm, I'm, I can go there. So I just yeah. get on the, you know, find the closest state meeting to me from where I arrived. Then I'd just be like in the middle of. So. How did you find that though? Did you find it? Would you think it was? Is the recovery uh, kind of community there more transient because there's so many meetings to go to, or would you say it's tighter because there's so many meetings to go to? Um, the meetings I went to, yeah, it's tighter. Like they're welcoming, yeah, but there's like real, Die like hard. dedicated people to the. To some sometimes you get the like the really the really cliche old timers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the newcomers just wouldn't understand why they'd have the same. I, I just knew why do they get the same seat every time? Yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you'd be like, shh, shh keep it down. <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. Why do we have to? There's no politics here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be funny like that. But um, remember the most powerful meeting I went to was that Oxford Circus one. Really? Really? It was. Um, I've been to a few London meetings when I've been visiting, but it was an LGBTQI plus meeting, mm-hmm. and it was just I just turned up because I was needed a meeting. Um, and their oh my god, their shares are like you know, like comparing me, who's like privileged middle middle class 
you know, white boy that's straight and not really had too much. <laughs> Compared, I've had it pretty easy, but throw throw some like um, discrimination in there yeah. and uh, struggling to fit in and also having this disease of addiction. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I, never, I only went to that meeting like twice, I think, but it's stuck with me. Anyway, um, yeah, you'd always get similar faces at meetings no matter what. And that's why like the home group, I think, is really important. Yeah. Um, so you're in early recovery. Early recovery. You're socialising with people. Yeah. And um, feeling nervous because of the some, some places, mm. very clicky. I'm not going to go into details of where, but some places are very clicky and um, some not very feeling like they're not very welcoming mm. usually the places where it's a bit younger mm. the 20 to 30 year olds which you would have thought would have been better mm. but actually it's quite um it's quite like our oh, who are you I'm not, yeah 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 you're not cool younger people are more territorial yeah but there was one person um who was really incredible funny hilarious sharing like was always going to be the jester mm. but he just meet the new he's so good at getting the newcomers be like alright do you want to come around got a few of us come around we're just going to chill and then we're going to go to another meeting and then we'll do this meeting and it's like you know I'll give you his number and then he'll just give you a list of all the meetings he's doing that week yeah 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 and um, funny had great times with, with that person and um, we'd be like oh let's go to the cafe and then suddenly that's like you know you're thrown in the deep end uh, and you're just surrounded by old timers and, new, and newcomers and, and yeah it's great those characters you get in recovery who are just mm. like they pull people together and like um like really kind of galvanize people to come out. Like a really good example of that in our area is can I say can I say people's names? Have we said uh, I think we'll keep I think we'll keep anonymous. Okay. So the name begins with J. Yeah. I shared this a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, he's quite a wild personality and he does polarise a lot of people but he's excellent at galvanizing people to do stuff. Really? Well, when I first got clean, he was always inviting me to do things with him. And he still does, actually. If you want, like, he's one of the few people I know that if I call, chances are he'll make himself available to do something with me. Really? Maybe less over the last few years because he's been in a relationship. But when I first got clean, he was just he always around, always, like, taking people to different places, doing different stuff. Do you want to go for food after the meeting? Do you want to go for, grab a coffee? Let's do this. Let's do that. And, and I love characters like that. I love mm. people who are just, they're just so kind of uh, available and so kind of like able to just galvanize people together to do stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. And those are the people that really help just grab you and then that'll build your confidence because yeah. they're just going to like, they're just going to, f- yeah. you're going with them whether you want to or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a bit too self-absorbed for that. Yeah, yeah. If I if if I had the option, I'd leave. That's, the, <laughs> yeah. that's me. I'm like, All right, I'm going to go home. Yeah. Um, but through that, getting to know more and more people, I started to find the people that I really connected with. Yeah. And then the meals and the the, the regular coffees and the socialising. I remember having a New Year's Eve with a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, in recovery. In recovery. Mm. Um, that was fantastic. So we talked about the easy part of socializing with people who are in recovery which i think is easier mm-hmm. what at what stage did you transition into because i i'd like i was 
uh, when we first started hanging out a few years ago, like I, cause I didn't go raving and stuff like that and, and didn't go like, cause I know you, I remember you saying when I, early on, when I quite knew you, you were like, Oh, I'm actually DJing at the love in tonight. And I was like, what? Mm. Um, so at what point did you make the transition into, okay, I'm comfortable enough in yeah. myself and in my recovery that I can go and spend a night at XYZ venue where there will definitely be lots of booze, potentially be lots of drugs, be lots yeah. of people off their face. I might feel uncomfortable. What was like, what was your entry into that? Yeah. So, um, I knew that at some point I wanted to get back to the, to the events and the parties and so on. So you always had that in your head. You're like, I think I'll- not for the first year. Okay. Uh, towards the end of the first year of recovery, I was like, yeah. I want to, it was like, I remember during, I was with the, in the relationship I was in, I said that I wanted to start doing that. And um, that person really didn't like anything uh, dance music related. Mm. Um, What a bitch. Hey, careful. Lydia (laughs) doesn't like any dance music either. Shout out to Lydia. Actually, actually, she really likes disco. Shout out to Dan's current who loves disco. Shout out to disco. Shout out to disco. We'll get him on. We'll get him on. We'll get Disco. Please on. welcome Disco. <laughs> I'm going to just play it from my phone. Um, so, uh, what was I going with this? So, two things happened in that relationship that I'm... A few things happened in that relationship that I was quite grateful for in terms of this this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, They encouraged me to try and get back out there again. I said I wanted to go to a techno rave yeah. on my own, which I'd never done on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never yeah, done yeah. that anyway. Yeah. But there was something on uh, the Printworks in London, yeah. uh, which is a huge venue. So edgy. Just, so edgy. I'd never go there again now. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Too many people. But um, there was something on that started on at 12 and in the daytime and ended at nighttime. So I was like, perfect. I'll just go in the morning and then get get a boogie on and it was like really loud techno which is what I wanted yeah. I was terrified I was so scared I remember going there and, and, and uh, I remember being like out of my depth and, and not the type of crowd that I want to be around anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the smoking area was quite good because I remember I saw I saw a guy I think I think I was sat down smoking back at the time when I was smoking and a guy came and sat with me or I sat with a guy and he basically wanted to come to this event. He's from he was from France. Yeah. And he was going to come with a mate over to the UK yeah. for this event, but the friend cancelled, so he was just in the country on his own. Wow. So and then he was like, well, "What was his gonna... name?" I can't remember. Shout out to anonymous Frenchman. Yeah, I can't remember that. Um, if you're listening, get in touch. Get in touch. <laughs> I hope you're well. Um, but yeah, I was like, "Wow, if this person's here in another country on their own, then." Mm. I so I got into it and, and, and like enjoyed myself and, uh, you know, I was there for a few hours Yeah. and, um, and then left when, when I was like, this is getting busy. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then I went again, um, to another thing only for a few hours again with, uh, my ex and went to see, uh, some house and disco music mm. and that was quite fun. And, and like, I didn't really like, I don't really like dancing with, with people, and uh but then i like learned how to do that yeah because of 
what am I going to do with my, with my girlfriend at the time and be like, I'm not dancing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll dance, but not with you. Like, yeah, what yeah, the, yeah. the fuck are you doing then? Yeah. Um, and then went out again a little bit later. Um, and yeah, so I had a few practices hmm. and then met a, someone in recovery um, uh, who became really good friends and we found out that we had very similar tastes in music. Yeah. We were like, oh, I want to go, you know, yeah. I want to go to things. So we started, oh, so great. I should really get in contact with this person again. But we Shout started... this person. Yeah, keeping them anonymous. <laughs> but um, we learned how to go out raving like we wanted to yeah. together, sober. Yeah. We'd go maybe till 12, 1, 1 a.m. Yeah. Then we'd go again maybe till 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then that was quite good, maybe 3. Yeah. But then it kind of escalated to... Uh, and we did quite a lot, quite a lot of like going out. And then I did a few things on my own. But then like through that, when I was with him, he was way more confident than I am. Uh, we started to talk to people and like just making a small talk and making the conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, the sole purpose of, of me getting more confident was because I wanted to do my own parties because yeah, I was yeah, yeah. running my music project. Yeah. And um and then, yeah, to kind of fast forward it a bit, uh, let's just say, no, 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 I'm not going to skip a few details. All it was for me is like, I just didn't push myself beyond the limits of what I was comfortable with. Yeah. If there was people saying, oh, there's an after party on, I'd be like, no. Yeah. If I was tired, I'd be like, I'm going home. Um, but the shift from being with my mate to actually, who was in recovery, to actually being socialising with friends... Mm was still in London, but there was birthday events. Yeah. Because I had people dotted in round in Bristol and Bath, and I kind of started reconnecting with them, started socialising more and more. Yeah. I knew that I was I had something to kind of be proud of, because when I went to see people, I'd lost so much weight and looked really healthy and well. They were like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And I'd be like, I know. <laughs> Correct. <Yeah. laughs> that, that response is correct. Yeah. And at first, I wasn't. I wasn't... I didn't have the joke. I didn't have the jokes in me. I was so nervous when I was socialising again with big groups. Yeah, yeah. But I'd corner people off, and then there'd be the conversation within yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the silly jokes then, and then yeah. bit by bit it started to grow wider. Yeah. Uh, and then it got to a point where, uh, you know, it'd be a birthday, and I'd be like, right, I can get loads of people to come to an event I want to go to in London, and um, and it just. I just try and up it a little bit longer on how long I can stay awake for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just getting confident. And then everything I wanted to do from taking, achieved by taking drugs and drinking, yeah, yeah. I was starting to do without them, yeah. making silly, silly group circles of people dancing and doing really stupid little dances. Yeah. Being silly and outrageous, uh, um, dancing until the early hours, getting into the songs and, and, yeah. and, and, and getting lively and getting the adrenaline. And I learnt there's like absolutely really not much that drugs do for you that you can't just get yeah, yeah, by if if you like the music. Yeah. If you're not getting it from the music, don't go out. Yeah. Stay home because it's like... Stay home, kids. You're just lying to yourself. <laughs> getting deep. What a beautiful story. That might be the most beautiful story you've, you've told on here, I think. Really? That's a really, really lovely story, yeah. Mm. that's like such a nice kind of 
blossoming of your personality and your yeah i think that the thing the thing you said which i really resonated with was like learning how to learning how to stay out long or what, what I, yeah yeah I, yeah I yeah for what you said but like because that it is a practice it's like i it totally identified with that because when i started going out and it was almost i don't know if you had that same mindset i was kind of like when i first started going out and socializing in those types of events because i would go out on Friday night with my friends after work and they would drink and do whatever. And I would be going to these events and I was like, I'm, I'm clean now and I'm committing to this. Therefore I have to work out how to be in this environment because I, I, I want to be able to socialize and I want to be around people. And so therefore I need to practice how I am in this environment. Mm. And if I'm not comfortable, I have to work on that because I think before I would be like, well, I don't need to fucking work on how uncomfortable I feel because why would I, I can use if I just use yeah. this to make myself feel, why would I need to practice this? Um, and I think when you make that commitment to be in recovery and be clean, you have to then go, okay, well, I'm now going to have to work this out um, because I don't want to spend my life not socializing with people for fear of, you know, that I might, drink or use drugs or whatever yeah um so yeah I, I definitely felt like it was a learning process as well it was like just learning how to be in those environments and try and be comfortable and and i, th- I actually I think the biggest lesson i got that i learned and it took me a while maybe like two years to learn this was that it was absolutely okay um to have a shit night out yeah it's absolutely okay to feel yeah. really fucking uncomfortable on a night out not enjoy and go home going like Oh shit! <laughs> like, but I, that that very rarely happened. That very rarely happened, to be fair. Um, but I think I had a fear of it. I think I had a fear of going on a night out and um, having a bad time was somehow uh, a symbol of a fa- my failure in recovery. That's, yeah. that's what I had in my head. And because I had really good times, first few times I went out in recovery, I was like, oh God, this is amazing. This is great. I can do this. And then I remember I had less good times. I was like, oh no, am I fucking up? Is this bad? <laughs> and then and then I, I think eventually I got to a state. And I think that's the difference I have now is that if I go to a party and feel uncomfortable, I don't care. Yeah, really, yeah. And I, you know, I used to say I didn't care. And, but now I really mean it. Like I really, if I go to a party and feel uncomfortable, I feel uncomfortable. I'll often tell people I feel uncomfortable as well, which yeah. I think quite liberating just to go, I just don't really feel comfortable or whatever. And then for some reason, I just, then I forget myself and then I feel fine. And saying it out loud. Yeah. I I, I used to do that. I, I would really own that. I remember, um, oh my God, there's just like not enough time to go into the mini journeys and events that have happened in the four years. Mm. Because, you know, within this time I've been in London, I've moved to Bristol. Yeah. I've been in London. I was trying to build up my record label. Mm. So I was like going out on my own or bringing people with me to these nights out mm. and really learning um, who I am on a night out. I mm. used to, I used to smoke just uh, cause I was uh, like vaping, but like a vapist. Yeah. yeah. But I'd smoke on nights out because I knew that that was almost like an in-between mm. of like getting to know somebody. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't realize that, People don't really care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can just be chatting to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I used to think, oh, if I'm not, if I'm not doing something, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was almost like hiding 
something. I was like, if I'm not doing anything, they'll know yeah, yeah, that yeah. I'm sober. Yeah, yeah. But actually, no one ever knows. I remember being... No out. one cares, yeah. No, no one knows, knows or no cares. No one cares if you're sober, yeah. Unless they're like, do you want a line? And I'm like, no, I don't do that. And they'll be like, oh. Why is that? And then you have a wonderful that? conversation about it. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. I've never had a bad conversation, actually, of someone <laughs> asking me that. Yeah, no, I very rarely have had a bad conversation. Um, but yeah, the owning of like, oh, I just feel pretty uncomfortable here. Yeah. Oh, I just feel a bit nervous. Oh, mm. It's just like, I'm not really sure if I'm enjoying myself. Mm. Uh, and then that kind of suddenly lifts and I'm like, yeah, I'm here now. Yeah. Um, or I go. Yeah. But I kind of don't really, I think one of my favourite nights out recently is I went to see a band called Squid, mm. who are really good. And then I went from there to go to another thing straight afterwards um, because a, a friend was putting on an event and I knew that I would get free entry because I knew the two people that hosted the event and I knew the DJ that was playing and I wanted to meet him because I'd put, done some music stuff with him. Mm. So I just turned up to this place, didn't know anyone. Mm. and was like, but it wasn't too busy. And I turned up and like straight away giving like a hug to the people that were running it. Yeah. They were like, oh my God, you're here. And it's like, I was like, I, t- I felt like I was kind of like, I wasn't nervous. Well, I felt awkward. It was weird. There was moments when it was, it was a quiet night. So there wasn't yeah. that many people there. So if I'm standing on my own, yeah. the edge of the dance floor, yeah. it's really obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just standing in a practically empty yeah, venue, yeah, yeah. twiddling my thumbs. Yeah. I didn't really care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, in my head, I was like, well... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I felt like when I got out of the car that evening, another amazing aspect to all of this, mm. I go out till 5, 6 a.m. Yeah. And I get in the car and go home. <laughs> yeah. Without fail. Yeah. And yeah, I never yeah. crashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter how tired I am. Yeah. I've driven back from being awake until like 8. That was before COVID. That was just... Not, not sure we should be plugging this in the podcast. Hey, no. if you're tired, take a break. As the advert tells Take you. Take a break. Don't, you don't have to be like Dan, just because Dan's an absolute legend. <laughs> you don't have to be like I'm Dan. I'm a machine. If you're tired, you take But a remember, break. guys, a lot of practice. A lot of practice. A lot of practice. Don't just go out and think, I've got this, and then, you know. You've got to practice, yeah. Yeah. Because I did a lot of Londoning without the driving. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, anyway. So plus Bristol, it's like different. Mm. Um I'm proud of that though. The latest I've been up is like eight or nine. Mm. <laughs> so just doesn't. I love that. I love that you can do that. The reason why it just does not interest me at all. The reason why is because was it was at a house party yeah. and I was DJing. Yeah. And I was one of the only DJs. Yeah. And the other person that was DJing with me and taking the edge off had passed out. Yeah. So I just had to go on through. I just had to keep going until people were fed up. Yeah. Until I got fed up and I just played like a 20 minute long song and came and danced with everyone and be like, after this, there's no more. There is no more. Yeah. And they were fine with that. Yeah. Um, it was eight or nine in the morning and they all yeah. had lives to get back to. It's, I don't think so. <laughs> we're all students or whatever. <laughs> Ugh, fucking students. Or like, just, on, just post-studenting. Ugh, fucking students. I think they're the worst, oh, actually. Worst. Shout out to those Shout guys to if you're listening. Students. I do love you, but also... Yeah, the worst. Just after you've fin- graduated and you're just like, N- now I'm free from being a student. It's like, no. Nah, you're the worst. Just put it down. Stop being the worst. 
it's a non a non-judgmental program yeah. of recovery it is no it's it's amazing that you can do these physical feats of staying up all night i, I don't do that anymore i, I uh, saturday I, night will be a late one yeah but that's because i've put this upon myself yeah i think that the benefit of my age because i'm older than you is that um i got obviously got clean when i was 27 so i was just coming up to the tail end of uh my 20s and what tends to happen at that stage is people are starting to like properly settle down in their couples have kids get yeah. married um you know we'll move away to do something so like my my peer group just stop doing a lot of the stuff that we used to do, like going, you know, going to motion or yeah. like going on mad nights out. They they just stopped doing those things. Um, so I that really benefited me because my preference would be my preference for a night out if I'm going somewhere is to go somewhere where I can talk to lots of people where it's quite busy, um, but not like mad like loud music where I can't chat to people. I like to dance, but I like to be able to choose to dance and alternate between the two. I don't like just being in a club. Yeah. And the only option is to dance. I don't like that. I, li- um, I like being able to leave all that kind of stuff. In fact, one of the best lessons I ever got taught by my previous sponsor, shout out to my previous sponsor, um, <laughs> when I was in early recovery, when I used to, because I used to call him when I'd go on nights out because I used to be really nervous a lot of the time about going on nights out and stuff. And um, I would call him. And he'd just be like, and if I'd be like, oh yeah, and this like, I've got this work event tonight and I'm just a bit nervous because there's be lots of alcohol. I know people will be doing lots of coke and stuff and just a bit nervous. And he's, and he's like, oh, just fuck it off. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'd be like, what? He'd be like, yeah, just fuck it off. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, but I have to go. He's like, no, you don't. Just fuck it off. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, well, no, I like, I do really want to go. He'd be like, oh, cool. We'll go then. Like, what the fuck is this Jedi mind trick nonsense here? But he's like, he's like, look, you can go if you want or you can just fuck it off. He's like, just leave. No one's going to stop you from leaving. He's like, if you want to, tell them, oh, I'm feeling a bit unsafe or something like, you know, say something that alludes to the fact that you're an addict and people will rush you out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, you want to go? Fucking get out of it. You feel unsafe? Get out of it. Um, but I always <laughs> You've think- given that advice to me once before. I, yeah, I say it to all my sponsees because I think it is liberating just to be like, just fuck it off. If you don't want to go, you don't, no, one's, no one has a gun to your head. You don't have to go anywhere you don't want to. Just FYI, Mark is not my sponsor. I'm not. I'm not that sponsor. No, he's far too well for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just prey on the weak ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that is really good advice, and I think about it quite a lot. And it kind of reminds me of the time that you did tell me that. I'm not going to go into the details of that, but it's just one example of build bits of practice so it's taken four years for me to get to this point Mm. three years if you kind of forget covid because i had to restart again Mm. but just learning to kind of be okay talking to people Mm. and it comes in and out uh like i'm quite shy at work but it comes in and out depends on the day i'm quite Mm. tired at the moment so my energy levels can affect how confident i am yeah um, but that applies to everything. I, I've learned how much of what I thought, I mean, definitely there is such thing as a come down and definitely such thing as a hangover. Yeah. But I've learned how much of that is also de- um, dictated by not really getting much sleep. Yeah. yeah so yeah. your brain's fried from being tired. Yeah. yeah. And maybe being quite hungry because you yeah, haven't yeah, eaten yeah. that much. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. 
Yeah. But yeah. But that that is actually, although it sounds quite simple, that's actually quite a profound realization because I had exactly the same thing, particularly in early recovery, where I was like, oh, I when I, if I have a good night out, it will be because I'm well rested and I've actually nourished myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like the main factors. I can normally determine whether or not I'm going to have a good night by how much I've slept that week and whether or not I've rested and eaten properly. Yeah. Um, and if I haven't, chances are I will not have a shit night, but I'll be a bit on edge and I won't feel quite comfortable and stuff. Yeah. Whereas if I have, I'll have a great night. Um, and Definitely. It's like, but the only the only problem you have there is that you don't have the um, the safety blanket of booze and drugs like other people do because most people when they want to socialize say you've made a commitment to socialize and you don't really want to go you don't really want to go and you're exhausted you have the fallback of booze and drugs, which is something we don't have no. and I, but i think that's good because i think that's actually trained me to be good in those situations even when i don't want to be in yeah i mean i'm pretty tired now like yeah. my eyes feel dan is very tired can confirm he's very tired <laughs> like i feel shattered but I knew that this would be, this is like something that you and I both want to do. Mm. And it's not really that difficult, but it's like, and chat, you know, but the, but that's just, it's all part, this is just part of practice of like, I'm just going to go and do it. Yeah. Like, you know, and that applies to everything. Like, I think it's a, f- a fearlessness that perhaps we don't always appreciate or perhaps discuss that you develop in recovery is that like, you know, you were talking about going to that event just now. And, um, oh Yeah. Like after going to see Squid and like, yeah. Um, I never used to do stuff where I would just go to stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would just like it would be for me to go to something would be like you know a, a week long. It, it sounds weird, but like I think we might have talked about this on podcast previously. But like just to go, oh, there's yoga class there. I'm gonna yeah. go to that. Oh, there's a thing on, so I'm just gonna go to that. I'm just, and, but I didn't, and that was something that developed over my first year or two years. And I think that came from going to meetings yeah. where I didn't know anyone and just being like, I, cause you start off and you're quite nervous and you go there and you have a great reaction. And you're like, oh, well I can probably go to this meeting. And you go there, you're quite nervous, have a great reaction. And then suddenly you just, you feel quite liberated. You're like, I'll just go and do that. And that, that, um, I feel like everything kind of builds together to other things that could be possible. Yeah. Like now that I've learned that I don't need drugs and alcohol to go out until the early hours and remember music that I've loved and listened to, get a rush from listening to certain music as well. Cause I listen to, you know, people, <laughs> I was out last weekend and, um, it was like, uh, a mate's night and it was like the end of the night. It was like really heavy, fast, like crazy trance or techno, like, Switching in and out. You're so edgy. It was, and a friend, so a friend of mine who was on Ket and drunk was like, I don't understand how you can come to a night like this and be sober. Yeah. And I'm like, because I fucking love this music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, if I didn't like the music, I'm not going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's yeah. the point? It's, not, it's just like, you know, if someone invited me to go to Prism. yeah. <laughs> I have to pronounce that properly. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. no. Yeah. Like, oh, come on. All of us. Shout out to Prism. Shout out to Prism. <laughs> you keep doing you. <laughs> there were two stabbings the other night and Clifton and outside a similar club. Was there? Yeah. You don't get stabbed outside of a trance night. No? You sure? 
No, you just get Wait, that oh, hit on by a pretty if, scary woman. If then. we had Joe Rogan's guy in the corner, it'd be like, pull that up. Has anyone ever been stabbed outside of trance night? And Probably in the like, 90s. Bullshit, Dan. Bullshit. Someone got stabbed outside of trance night. <laughs> Probably in the 90s. In the 90s, yeah. Anyway, so anyway, to uh, to kind of rein it in because we've been talking for a bit. Mm. It's been good. This has been very uh, nice, tangent-filled, rambly, enthusiastic chat. Mm. I feel like I could do a second part to this. We'll mm. see. Um, because there's lots of like tips and tricks that I'd love to share with people. Mm. Um, but I feel like now that I've learned I can I can do th- this, I can go and do that, then I can there's like do everything I want to do yeah go to yoga classes I can go see a band go to the cinema I can go to eat go on holiday go on holiday go, go abroad and, w- and when you go abroad that opens up a whole new thing yeah, it's like yeah, what yeah. if I want to move that to another country yeah. yeah 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 yeah. because like a lot of people you speak to be like oh I can never leave my hometown all my family and friends are here and I'm like fuck them yeah fuck them <laughs> fuck them off yeah just fuck it off <laughs> So like, if I can do all of this on my own yeah. and comfortably yeah. and enjoy it and, and and have a great time yeah. without drugs and alcohol, yeah. I'm just going to go do whatever I want. Yeah. Apart it from... It does give you a sense of invincibility, doesn't it? But to an extent. Yeah. I don't think I can just go into like the Hells Angels bar and just start like flicking peanuts at the people's faces. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah. I haven't got a death wish. Yeah. Don't be stupid. Got a... Life wish. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, fuck off with your life wish. All right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we've been talking for around about an hour. Let's bring it to a close, shall we? Yeah, so I think usually we have book recommendations. I don't have any for this, um, apart from the standard you know, if you want to get... recommend your own music. Maybe that's that's quite pertinent to the episode. No, I'm Anyone not gonna... interested in Dan's music? No, I'm not going to self-promote. I'm not. I just promoted for you. No, don't do that. All right, well, he's not going to link to it. <laughs> Shit business, man. I'm going to keep that separate. All right, then. If you want to know enough, you can message me on the Probably Honest Instagram page. Which I realise, which I am going to do, and by the time of this episode airing, it would be way into existence. Mm. I don't know what I'm going to post on there. We'll just find pictures of me. Yeah, just pictures of me. Pictures of you. Just pictures of me. <laughs> I like pictures of me. Let's just put pictures of me. All on right, me. mate. <laughs> <laughs> and the next episode will be on vanity and ego. <laughs> That'd be a good episode. Um, Tips, I, I just say, like, don't rush any of this. Seriously, do not rush any of this. I've had so many, like, nights out just going to a bar with mm. some mates. Yeah. Or gone to meet people that I don't really know. Yeah. And been like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Um, and then somehow I just kept going because I knew that whatever, if you have a bad night out, that's fine. Yeah. You have bad days at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not all sunshine and roses. No. Um, the best thing about going out and even if it's a rubbish night is I wake up in my comfy bed a little bit tired. Yeah. And also you forget you've had a bad night. Yeah. I think that's the most joyful thing I've found about it. It sounds weird, but like I, if I go out on a Friday, I've forgotten by Saturday morning that I've been out on the Friday. Oh yeah. I, I just forget about it and I'm on, I'm on with my weekend. Whereas going out on a Friday after work 
when I was using used to define my weekend and my Monday and my Tuesday because I would have gone so overboard yeah. and, all, and like I would be stuck in that moment on Friday evening whereas now I'll go out stay out till I don't know one to re- some kind of reasonable time go home be like oh that was good go to sleep wake up and be like right cool what am I doing now and yeah I'll, and yeah it's funny because people in work will talk about stuff that happened on Friday and I'll be like oh shit yeah we went out on Friday didn't we <laughs> like what do you mean you fr-? I was like yeah just just did other stuff you know flew past my mind yeah which is, I think, how life should be. You should be moving through experiences yeah. and, you know, in a smooth and linear fashion rather than, you know, causing absolute chaos in one particular experience that then has ramifications for you three, four, five days afterwards. Uh, as a saying that I'm not sure if you know goes, it's one day at a time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is one day at a time. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, if, you're, if you're newly clean, I recommend... Just Going easy on yourself. Um, do what you want to do, man. If you don't want to go out, don't go out. Don't go out. There's if no, you, there's you no one. You, do, you can do it. If anyone gets angry with you for you doing anything, fuck them off. Fuck them off. If there's one thing you should take away from this episode, just fuck it off. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, just fuck it off. Don't like work? Fuck it off. Yeah, okay. Don't like your family? Fuck them off. <laughs> Move to Barbados. Move to Barbados. Don't like Barbados? Fuck it off. <laughs> Move to another exotic island. I don't care. I don't care either. I don't care. Do you know why? Because I don't care about anyone. No, I do. you I do. off right now. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, sorry. Just got into a place there. <laughs> so, yeah, I seem to be an exception to a lot of things, but I feel like I just did it by perseverance and practice. Yeah. Um, and I'm also addicted to music yeah i so, feel like i'm a happy medium between the people who don't go out and you yeah yeah i'm like the middle ground yeah in fact i'm just nutty because like saturday I've, I've booked myself to play for four hours oh my God. <laughs> me. well no i have i've got i've got i've got other people i'm playing with as well nice. so i've got backup where's that in bristol that's in bristol dan will link to it after the <laughs> no we'll, we'll be gone we'll be now. gone by that point yeah um, but that'll be fun. I'm going to London on Saturday. Are you? Yeah. You're avoiding town. Avoiding me. Yep. All right. I feel like I've bragged a bit in this episode. Nah, not at all. Anyway, look after yourselves. Look after yourselves, yeah. Um, don't do anything you don't want to do. Yeah. If, do the things you do want to do. If you don't want to do it, just fuck it off. If you feel like you can't do it yet, that's fine. And I know we've talked about it from an addictive, uh, an addict point of view, but it applies to people with anxiety depression, paranoia, insecurities, and so on. Mm. The One of the, the, the most annoyingly simple bits of advice that I read in a book called um, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy for actually, Dummies. Are you actually shoehorning in a book so you can put a book recommendation at the end? That's <laughs> so, so transparent. <laughs> that's a, that's a, actually, I do recommend this book, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. Don't worry, Dan, we'll link to it after the podcast. Yeah, is uh, I didn't read all of it. But I read the beginning bit where it's like, if you have a fear of going to a social event, mm. just go anyway. Wow, that is profound. And you might get, you might might enjoy it or might not. And then if you're there and you're like, I'm not enjoying it, fuck it off. Just fuck it off. So there you go. Anyways, this has been the probably honest podcast with Dan and Mark. And and Mark, uh, we'll see you, hear you. I can't see or hear any of you. You'll hear us and see us 
maybe not see us <laughs> <laughs> on the next episode um go well look after yourselves and um you know it'll be all right yeah love you bye love you bye <laughs>